Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well always. And I want to um, uh, uh, give you an announcement again about LifeSite News, their 25th annual gala. And I'm having a little trouble on here. Hold on a moment. There it is. Um, It will be August 17th in Naples, Florida. Um, 25 years of celebration of Life Sight News, defending the faith uh, and life and everything. Um, and there'll be a cocktail and hors d'oeuvre hour. Hold on, I'm, um, let me see now. Um, the guests will be, um, I'm having a little trouble with my computer on this end, um, Father James Altman, John Henry Weston, um, I'll be there, and I'd love to meet you all. Um, and the keynote speaker is Jim Caviezel, who prayed, played our Lord Jesus Christ in the Passion. It's going to be a wonderful evening, wonderful dinner, wonderful celebration. And um, there's time yet to get a ticket. They're limited because of the spacing, the seating of their uh, gala hall where the dinner is, is is limited by the facility. But there are tickets left, and all you need to do to go uh, to go is to, um, let's see, their website is gala25.lifesitenews.com. Gala25, G-A-L-A, 25.lifesitenews, one word, Dot com, And on the 17th of August, it'd be so wonderful. If you're there, you need to come and say hello. And the top staff of, um, or at least some of the staff, including the top of uh, Station of the Cross, will be there. We'll all be able to meet you. It'll be just such, such a treat. So, um, there's so much news out there that you are aware of. Um, and I thought we might be able to continue, if I can ever bring it up here, there it is, with our teaching on the faith. Hold on just a moment. Um, okay. It's been a while since we've been in this book. And um, hold on, what happened? What happened? I think my computer is going a little crazy this morning. Um, And I don't know why. Hold on another moment. Okay, we've got it. We've been talking about faith. And... um, And I've got a little mark where we left off. It's been quite a while since we've been in the book. Uh, This is the faith. It's a magnificent book. And um, uh, Canon Ripley, oh my, I'm having so many problems this morning. I wonder if we're going to get through this. Hold on. Something's really wrong with my computer. So, um, you know what? Rather than my reading 
from this Keep the Faith. Um, I'm going to try it once more. I've got it back. I'm going to try it once more. And if I don't, if it goes out again, um, we will spend the whole hour answering your questions and your emails, your comments. I would love that because last program, I don't think we had any calls. So it could just be us today and it'd be wonderful. Um, It went off again. So uh, we've got problems this morning, dearest. Um, So call in. Go ahead and call in with anything at all on your heart. Um, Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You know, I'm so suspicious these days. I did not receive the Microsoft upgrade. I've been denying it because I'm a little fearful of upgrades. And so um, I said no, and it could be that um, they're angry at me. So maybe <laughs> my computer's not working. I don't know. I'm, I'm not past thinking about anything. So um, uh, if you can, call in. I'm, I'm not able to see anything right now. Call in. Um, let's see now. Um, with anything, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling here. I'm trying to make it work. Call in with anything on your heart, dear ones. Toll free, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. I'm going to try to get to this, uh, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. So, um, and I don't think I can have. You know what? Uh, if you've called in, James, I can't see my screen. I'm so sorry. This is an awful situation. Um, and no, I, I, it, it's going, my computer's just going crazy. I don't know if it's occupied by somebody else, but I, I just can't do anything on it. Um, maybe, James, um, I don't know what to do here. Um, our call screener may be able to read me the email and if you call in he'll be able to tell me who's calling I just can't my computer is deciding not to function so um, what do you think James you think you can read an email to me over the air okay we're going to try this dear ones oh it's no it's not back it's like it's just going crazy so um, uh, I may I think someone's in my computer and I may, if I shut it off, then you won't have the screen, right, James? So I won't shut it off during the program. But our call screener, James, who's um, the best in the world as far as I'm concerned. I've been on the radio since 1999 and um, almost nonstop. And James is the best call screener I've ever had. Not just call screener, engineer, producer. He's absolutely the best. So he's going to read the emails over the air, and I'm going to try to answer them. Um, and um, and then if you call in, um, James will uh, give me your name, and uh, we'll 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 try to do the program without my computer. Go ahead, James. Okay. Good morning, everyone. So this is an email. It's kind of a collection of YouTube comments that I've come across on our shows. Um, so we have our program broadcast to a number of different YouTube channels. So when I can, I like to go around and kind of try and 
uh, collect a number of the comments and give Mother a chance to respond to those. So this is kind of a collective of some of those comments. Okay. So first, uh, I said, I see comments from a number of people on our shows who say that you are being divisive or too critical anytime uh-huh. you state that bishops, priests, and even the Pope need to take more accountability. What would you say to those who feel that it is never okay to disagree with or criticize the words and actions of the clergy? I would say you're simply wrong. Um, You need to be respectful. We need to respect their office always. But if they speak against the faith, if they fail to teach the faith, which is their ordination, which is their vocation, if they speak against the faith... We must disagree with them. We cannot disagree with error, and we do no one a favor, including the Pope himself, if we agree with error. Are they smarter than us? They may be. Do they know more than us? They may. But if they speak against the faith, which we know, and which nobody, uh, the faith is nobody's opinion, it's nobody's domain to play with, they, it is the faith once delivered to the saints, which the Holy Father Um, is commissioned to um, keep sound and to teach. And so if bishops, uh, the the Pope himself, teach against the holy faith, we must correct him. Uh, We must at least speak against falsehood, always. Now, if I had my computer up, I would quote Bishop Fulton Sheen, who said it's not the Pope or the priests or the clergy who's going to save the church. It is the laity. Um, And we are in such a time, dear ones. Uh, Hold on, please. Time, as the scriptures uh, predicted in the end times, hearts will go cold. Uh, bishops against bishops, uh, people will be greedy. Uh, the, the, there'll be false teaching. False shepherds come into the church. It simply happened, and sheep cannot be um, beguiled or bewitched or or led into sin and error and hell. We must be strong. We must know our faith. And we must speak out. And I would give you, again, sorry, James, I would just say I would give you uh, quotes on that from other bishops who are good to verify that. Go ahead, James. Sure. So this next question, uh, another person stated that you don't have the spiritual authority to judge a bishop. Uh, And I wanted to know, is that true? And why or why not? That's correct. I do not have the spiritual authority to judge a bishop or to judge a beggar or a pauper on the street. I don't have judgment to judge anybody, but we must judge the faith, what someone says and what someone does. That we must judge. We can't judge them. We can't judge their motives. We can't judge their heart, but we must be able to judge scriptures say this what they say if they speak error we need to come against it if they are in sin against if they vote for abortion or the president whatever we must come against it because we know it's wrong we're not judging them we're judging what they do and what they say which is what we are supposed to do i hear the music for the break james so um I'll just say James is so wonderful. We're doing the program together today. We didn't plan this, but it's kind of fun. Um, So if anyone calls in, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. I am live. I can't see my screen or my computer or anything, and I thank God for James at the Station of the Cross who has put together some questions for us. I can't see anything on my computer. I cannot hear your call. So James is our intermediator, and he's so, so wonderful. So call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Okay, James, thanks. Okay, so we've got one more YouTube comment here. So someone, uh, my question here is, how would you respond to someone who went as far as comparing you to the Pharisees and stated that you were a heretic, and this person said this in response to your criticisms of Bishop Robert Barron, and some other people said some similar things in response to your views on the SSPX and whether or not they are in schism? Okay. Um, I... uh, When it comes to facts, biblical information, the church information, I don't give my opinion. I just tell you what the church says, what the Bible says. Um, uh, Bishop uh, Barron, uh, if you call me a heretic, um, I I would say for for your sake, for the sake of your soul and your knowledge, 
Um, if I've spoken incorrectly, I want to know that. Uh, so you can email me at mother at the station of the cross dot com. You can contact the station of the cross directly. Uh, not an issue. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong and we'll correct it. Concerning Bishop Barron, he has taught falsely. Um, again, he teaches that hell is, uh, there's a reasonable hope that everyone will go to heaven, and that's absolutely wrong. Um, uh, we know from scripture that Judas is in hell. We know that Our Lady has said that more people go to hell for sins of unchastity. Uh, we know that she showed the um, children of Fatima uh, hell. Uh, many, many saints have seen hell and told us about it. Hell is not empty. Our Lord spoke about the subject of hell more than any other in Scripture. Um, let's see now. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and as far as another uh, true heresy that Bishop Barron has spoken when he was on uh, Ben Shapiro's program, Ben, an Orthodox Jew, uh, beautifully said to Bishop Barron, "I keep, I keep my my faith. I, I do as best I can. All of that. Am I going to hell because I don't believe in Jesus?" And Bishop Barron shamefully said, "No, no, no, no. Jesus, he's the preferred way. He's not. That's not the only way. He's the preferred well, well, preferred way. Well, Jesus is not the preferred way." He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me, including Ben Shapiro and Orthodox Jews. Jesus is the only way. Now, Ben Shapiro and others have the freedom to reject that. They may not have been given the gift of faith, but shame on us if we speak falsehood. Um, what was the rest of that, James? The other part of the comment was related to the SSPX and their uh, supposed schism. Well, again, um, I, I go by, there are many opinions on the SSPX. I've met them myself. Uh, I've met very good people from the SSPX. If they were approved by the church, I'd, I'd probably be with them in a second. But um, Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, who was the prefect of the Apostolic Signature, the highest canon law position of the church, has said they remained in schism, even though Pope Benedict XVI lifted the excommunications, but he did not um, uh, give them a regular status with the church. Um, Father Gerald Murray, who is an outstanding cate uh, catechist and canon lawyer, he is often appears with Robert Royal on the uh, world over with Raymond Arroyo, um, on the as the papal posse, he also his last comments are that they are in schism. Um, I know others uh, have different opinions, but the church has not yet uh, clarified that they are in regular union with the church. Okay, very good. So we've got our next thing here is a YouTube comment from Victor. And Victor says this in response to you saying that the Pope is not infallible 100% of the time and that he can teach things that are incorrect. Mm -hmm. So Victor okay. says, what Mother Miriam teaches here flies in the face of Catholic teaching. Popes, doctors, and theologians consistently explain that even when a Pope speaks to the church in a non-infallible capacity, what he proposes to the faithful is always safe to follow. 
Solemn, infallible papal statements are rare. If every time a pope teaches to the whole church that we have to sift through his statements in order to avoid heresies and other harmful errors, as she suggests, the very purpose of the papacy is defeated. If only infallible statements are safe, we have dumped the vast majority of papal teaching in history, and even teachings such as the one on contraception are up for grabs. No, popes have the gift of divine assistance in their ordinary magisterium, and they cannot give pernicious error to the sheep. A Catholic cannot be spiritually harmed by following what a pope teaches. That's standard Catholic doctrine. What is this gentleman's name? Uh, that's Victor on YouTube. Victor. Okay, Victor, it's a beautiful statement you made. Absolutely beautiful statement. And I agree with most of it. <clears throat> but we're not going back into the popes in history. What you said is perfect, only it doesn't always hold. We have a pope here who has, we don't need to sift through all the popes of the ages. What you've described is really outstanding, but it does not apply to our current pontiff because he has clearly, we don't have to sift through things so much, he speaks error, heresy outright. He has approved uh, civil unions, at one point he didn't. I may be wrong if, if currently he's approving them. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, my goodness. Just so many things. He has told everybody uh, that it's an act of charity to get COVID-19. Of course, he's speaking out of his capacity. Uh, he's not uh, infallible concerning medical things, except for principles such as Abortion is murder and against the commandments and always gravely sinful. He supports Joe Biden. He supports Nancy Pelosi, both of them who are who uh, propose child killing. Um, um, oh, I'm trying to think now of all the things that he said. He said in Amoris Laetitia and um, uh, uh, number eight, uh, a footnote that um Let's see, a divorced and remarried people, even though they haven't had an annulment, all of that, um, can receive the Eucharist, and they are uh, people that have not been married in the church or married a second time without an annulment are more of a family than others may be. Um, oh, there's so many things he's been in error about. Um, he puts climate control before the killing of babies, um, so, Victor, dear, um, there's so many things that this Pope has spoken outwardly that destroy, that lead the sheep astray, that utterly speak against the faith, that destroy the faith. Um, many things he speaks as his opinion, and I agree with you on the statement you made. It's a beautiful statement. And would it be true for this Pope? But it is not true for this Pope. Um, go to LifeSite News and just type in Pope Francis and see all the articles where he has committed uh, heresy, only speaking uh, incorrectly. And it may not be uh, defined as heresy, uh, formally, because he hasn't bound one single thing on the faithful. Uh, he did say Lamoris Laetitia's magisterial teaching. It is not. Um, 
And so he has said many, many things in error. He has caused great confusion in the church. He has led the sheep astray. He has brought the Pachamama uh, idol worship into the Vatican. Bishop Athanasius Snyder said, that is the worst abomination against God since the worship of the golden cow, golden calf by the Israelites in the book of Exodus. Uh, to bring false idols into the Vatican and and worship them. Um, it, it, there's so much he's done wrong. I'm, I'm just speaking from memory. I've probably um, missed some major things. So, Victor, your heart is perfect. The art, the what you wrote is outstanding. And we don't have to sift through all the popes in the past, but some of them have spoken error. There have been popes that have engaged in incest and awful things through the years. Um, and this pope possibly has done more to confuse and harm the faithful than any pope in history. So I'm sorry for that, Victor. It's not my opinion. Uh, listen to Bishop Athanasius Snyder and... Um, uh, Cardinal Burke, even when the popes uh, closed down the church and the Holy Father closed down the Vatican, Cardinal Burke again said, it is not up to us to do that. Bishops have no power to do that. Sunday worship is a divine institution, not a human one. And no bishop, priest, or pope himself has the power to negate that. So... I'm going to stop here. I'll keep thinking of things. But, Victor, dear, um, I wish what you said stood today. It does, but with this Pope, um, he's truly trying to destroy the church. I can say that. Um, he is head of the One World Order. Um, uh, he has uh, overseen the Abrahamic um, house that they've built, which is is the combination of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Catholicism, Judaism, and Islam all in one. God has uh, willed many religions, he has said. He gives communion to Lutherans, uh, the spouse of Catholics who aren't Catholic and receive communion. I I'm trying to remember everything he said is absolute heresy. It's absolute wrong, Victor. And we have to... Um, we cannot buy into that. Again, the Pope is infallible, as you know, and I think you partly said, only when he speaks um, on faith and morals binding on the faithful. We bless God that this Pope has not bound anything on us, and his office is always to be respected, but he's a human being. He's sinful. He's not, he, as a person, is not infallible. He receives the gift of infallibility on, as you said, Victor, very rare occasions. Um, it's very important for us to understand. I'm not speaking against uh, the office of Pope. I'm speaking against its occupant right now, who is clearly destroying the faith, destroying the church, and in sync with the one world leaders who want to reduce the population and control the sheep. Um, there's the music for our second break, beloved. Um, call in again with anything on your heart, toll free, one 5483 or email at mother um, at the station of the cross.com. James and I will be right back after the break. <laughs> 
In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Our bumper magnets are great ways to promote the truths of the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic Radio. I was getting bored of listening to all the same songs over and over again. And that's when I saw a Catholic Radio bumper sticker. And I thought, well, I should try that. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, but my computer is not today. So um, James, the engineer, call screener, and uh, jack of all trades, or James of all trades, is uh, with me, and he's reading your emails, and he's taking your calls, and letting me know what they are so I can try to respond. This is fun. So, James? Okay, so let's go to the phone line. So this is Faye from Michigan, and we are going to go to Faye first here today as our first caller. So Faye, welcome to the program, and you are on with Mother Miriam. What is your question? All right. Hi, Faye. Faye? Okay, with your Jewish background, I was wondering what you could tell us about what Jews' understanding of the Messiah was before Jesus uh, did, did they? What did they believe the Messiah would do? Would, would the apostles have known what we believe now that Jesus' death and resurrection opened heaven for us because of his sacrifice? Or what? What exactly did the Jewish people believe about the Messiah? The apostles knew it, Faye, because um, they wrote about it. They wrote the New Testament all about it. the the First um, Corinthians fifteen is the resurrection chapter. Um, and Paul says there, I give you what I also received, that Christ died for us according to the Scriptures, was buried and was raised the third day according to the Scriptures, of 1 Corinthians 15. So, uh, of course, they knew all that. Um, 
the um, in general the Jewish people I can't tell you what they knew prior to Christ um, because um, the sacrificial system was intact prior to Christ uh, for most of history or rather um, from well and that's not true most of history but um, prior to uh, 70 AD when it was destroyed the sacrificial system was intact um, the scriptures spoke of the Messiah to come Moses spoke of him in Deuteronomy 18 um, a prophet like him would come um, uh, the Psalms speak of him. The Psalms prophesy about his life, his death, all of that. The, 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 the most potent Psalm is Psalm 53, um, which uh, speaks about his suffering on the cross, his, his life, his death, and his resurrection, Psalm 53, the end of 52 and 53. Psalm 69, um, so many, Psalm 22, um, so many, so many things. In fact, my mother, who grew up an Orthodox Jew, when she finally read our Lord's words on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It, it just startled her because that's Psalm 22. That's straight the words from David. And she recognized them. So um, Jewish people believe the Messiah will come. Today, and again, prior to Christ, uh, they knew the scriptures from Daniel, and uh, that's why Jesus said many false messiahs will come, because it was the time of, of the messiahs coming. They expected a messiah um, to come and set up his kingdom, free the Jewish people from the Romans, slavery, and set up his kingdom and rule and reign. That's what they believed. They didn't believe incorrectly, but in addition to that, the scriptures speak of what some Orthodox Jews think as uh, Messiah ben Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef, Messiah the son of Joseph, who would be the suffering Messiah, and then Mashiach ben David, Messiah of David, son of David, who would be the reigning king. And many conclude there's two messiahs because they see that he's going to suffer, Psalm 53, and they see that he's going to reign as well. And so is also the end of Psalm 53. And they've concluded, many, that there's two messiahs, but there's only one. And he came first to put away sin, and secondly, he will yet come to uh, establish his kingdom. And the prophet Zechariah says that when he comes a second time, the Jewish people will look on him um, whom... Um, whom they oh, whom whom they've killed and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and so um um, I can't, you know, the Jews before Christ waited for the Messiah to solve all their problems and set up his kingdom. I don't know how many of them realized that he would need to die first because um, uh, when he came uh, and died for our sins, they said, if you're the Messiah, these are the Pharisees, the leaders, come down from the cross. So obviously they didn't know their scriptures well. Um... And again, what the Jewish people believe today of eternity is um, who do, those who believe in the resurrection. Back in Abraham's day, Job wrote the book of Job. Uh, Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. 
if you look at the book of Maccabees, which are on the original uh, Catholic scriptures that Martin Luther took out, um, you see uh, the belief in purgatory, that those who alive are praying for those who have gone before them uh, to uh, help the temporal effects of their sin so that they would be uh, in eternity with God. So um, today of faith, many people, many Jewish people have lost their faith and they don't understand heaven or hell rightly. And they don't, many of them do not know that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The more Orthodox Jews believe that the sacrificial system will be reinstated in Jerusalem, that they will have the temple back. Um, and they know that they have to have a blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. So all kinds of opinions. I grew up in an Orthodox home. I didn't knew nothing about the shedding of blood. Um, and it wasn't uh, Orthodox, I'm sorry, conservative, better than Reform, but not Orthodox. We followed the faith and traditions, but we knew nothing of the shedding of blood. And we, I didn't even know about heaven and or hell. Um, we just knew that we needed to do right and that the God of the whole earth would do what is right with us when we die. That's what we knew and we had confidence in that. That's a long answer. Did that help you? It does, and that's very interesting that you didn't know anything about heaven or hell, which no. was kind of my question too. Is so, do the Jews who think that blood sacrifice is necessary, did they see that as necessary in order to get to heaven? Well, in order to obey God, yes. And the ones that are going to get to heaven, uh, heaven is where God is. In fact, um, in the scriptures, every time Jesus says, the Jewish people never said the word God. It was too holy. Even our, our growing up, we never wrote the word God. We would say G-D. The, the covenant name of God, which people pronounce as Yahweh, is incorrect. It's Y-H-W-H, yud Hey vuv Hey in Hebrew. Only consonants. No one would write or pronounce the name of God. It was just... Um, too holy. But when Jesus came and said, the kingdom of heaven is among you, upon you, that's a synonym for God. The kingdom of heaven is God. It's his domain. So it was interchangeable. And we didn't think of a place called heaven, but we knew God was there. So it was just interchangeable that when we died, if we did not turn from God, if we uh, repented and kept his commandments, that we would be with God, which is really the same as heaven. In fact, when I became a Christian faith, I was an evangelical Protestant first for 18 years before I became a Catholic, and um, it was when I came to know uh, the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the triune God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I was so ecstatic that I knew God. I'd walk through the earth and people would say, do you know this actor or this person? And I'd say, no, but I know God. And he knew me. I couldn't get over it. It was one year before I learned that I had heaven too. It didn't matter to me. It meant that I had a reason to live on earth. One year later, I knew I also had heaven. Amazing. So um, what did, did I get away from your question? Am I answering it? You you are, and I'm loving it. <laughs> Keep on, yes. That, that's all very interesting. Um, 
I don't know how I got on this it is. question of redemption, but um, just wondering what the Jews... Well, I tell you, on the Jewish understanding, the Jewish understanding, the, um, again, to obey God and his commandments uh, is to be redeemed. Um, every year, there's the highest holy year, day of the year, Yom Kippur. In Hebrew, Yom is day, Kippur is covering. And they would slay animals and offer sacrifices, and none of those dead animals could take away sin or had the power to change the worshiper's heart. But they did so in obedience to God, because the Old Testament was our schoolmaster, Paul says, to lead us to Christ. And so the Old Testament dead sacrifice couldn't save, but God would cover them, a kapoor, and pass over them as he did the houses of Egypt in Exodus. Um, And every sacrifice was a symbol to point to the one who would one day come and take upon himself the sin not of individuals, but the entire world, past, present, and future, which is why when Jesus came into the Jordan, Uh, John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb to which every Old Testament lamb and sacrifice pointed, the only acceptable sacrifice, which we have, of course, in the Mass. He became food for us. Um, And so every year on Yom Kippur, the highest holy day of the Jewish year, it's a day of uh, we spend in we used to spend in synagogue, which Jews do today, twenty four seven. We didn't even drink a glass of water. Catholics are wimp wimps when they when they fast. We never had a spot of food or water unless we were going to faint, twenty four hours. And between the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and um, um, oh help. Um, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the new year. In those 10 days, um, we would, it would be determined whether or not we would be written in the book of life for another year, not for eternity, but one more year. So if you lived for God between Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and atoned for your sins the whole 10 days, then you may be written in the book of life for the next year. And every year between Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish people would fast and pray and do good works, atone for all their sins. They couldn't atone with the blood of an animal because there's no more temple, but they would atone by doing good works. But we spent hours and days in synagogue uh, atoning for our sins. So they have a hope, not the assurance of redemption, but the hope of redemption. And faith, so do we, have the hope of redemption. We don't have a bodily assurance. We we have a moral assurance that if we, who are Catholics, who have the fulfillment of Judaism... Uh, that's which is what Christianity is. Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah, spread to the four corners of the earth. If we um, uh, live up to what we are given, um, we also can be saved. We, we have the moral assurance that if we don't turn from God as Catholics, uh, then we will be with him. That's the moral assurance. But we don't have the assurance that we won't turn from him. The scriptures say, be careful when you think you stand lest you fall. And anybody else listening, if you're Protestant, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, if you're atheist, whatever you are, you need to come home to the Catholic Church. It is the only church our Lord established on earth. 
He came to earth as a baby, and he came to die. And he didn't die for the Catholic Church. He died for the world and established his church for all who would come to him, which would be the way to he- the only way to heaven. Very good. Thank oh, you, Mother, so stay much. There. I don't know if... Okay, sweetheart. God bless you, dear one. Um, There's the music for our last break. We'll have one segment when we come back, about 10 minutes. So you're still welcome to call in at um, uh, 1-800-1877, rather, 1-877-511-5483, or We'll be right back. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. is fascinating, mysterious, complex, and potentially dangerous. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're hosting a new show Saturdays on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We'll help you uncover some of the mysteries and answer your questions about angels, demons, eternal life, and how the spiritual and the physical worlds interact. Join us for The Spirit World every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your reoccurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we do not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am alive, but my computer's not working, so we have the most excellent James Farmer, um, who is taking our calls and reading me emails, and it's just been a lot of fun. So uh, James has collected a bunch of questions and comments and criticisms as well um, from YouTube, and he's, um, he's reading them. So go ahead, James. Okay, so next we're going to take an email from Maggie. So Maggie says, Hi, Mother. I listen to you on a regular basis. I love you and your way of talking to people. It must be Jesus' way. So kind, calming, and soothing. I've been wrangling with some inner unrest for a long time around the holidays. Today is the 4th of July. Growing up as the youngest of five kids, I took family for granted. I'm much younger than the rest of my siblings. My parents had a lake house that was left to all of their kids. For $3,000 a year, we could have two weeks to spend at the camp. After two years, I asked my siblings to buy me out. I decided to get out because it felt like a tug of war. Certain weeks were off limits and rules began to be made that felt oppressive. They are all, except for one, big drinkers. Two of my own kids were college age, and I decided $3,000 and the stress weren't worth it. I left the partnership on good terms, and I've tried to keep in touch, but I've been ostracized. My husband and I and our three children live out of state, but within driving distance. I see their get-togethers on Facebook. It really saddens me. Nephews and nieces that I babysat for and loved are having babies that I didn't even know about. I just deactivated my Facebook account. I practice my Catholic faith and have some close friends. God has blessed me with a wonderful friend who I consider my spiritual sister. She's about 15 years older than I am and as sweet as they come. My husband works a lot but is an amazing dad. Although we've had our ups and downs, we are best friends now and I know he loves me and I him. My three kids are not perfect, but they are kind. One of them still attends Mass with me, the youngest, so I pray that he doesn't fall away like his older siblings. My husband goes to church with me when he isn't working, and we pray the rosary together daily. Every holiday I get depressed. I remember who I thought my siblings were and wish now could be different. They never really got to know my kids or love them. One brother, who has a homosexual lifestyle, has been a good uncle. The other siblings mocked us in the past. One sister married a man who is deeply into the Masons and condemns Catholics whenever he can. I actually take medicine to treat anxiety and depression. I love my own family, and I love my job as a teacher. I just accepted a new job at a Christian school. I don't want to get depressed around the holidays, but I do. I still thank God through my suffering. I feel like it's sinful to have so much, yet feel so sad. I go to a church that has a really nice community, We moved to that church two years ago, so hopefully I will foster some friendships there. I've tried to reach out to my siblings without any response, so I need to let sleeping dogs lie. They know that, for whatever my part is in our disconnection, I am sorry. I'm praying for peace in my soul, but I mourn for what could be. How do I change that depression to joy for what I do have now? Any advice is welcome. Thank you, Maggie. Mm, Maggie, that's um, that's heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. I don't offhand see a way or know a way you could ever reconcile that situation from what you've described. Um, let me just tell you, Maggie, that um, 
from my own experience, I have experienced such enormous loss as you have. And, um, and when that happened, and when I was separated myself from family, I've never discussed this on the air, but I will tell you because I, I understand the pain and the loss. When I was separated from family, um, and for me it would have been devastating, I, I've never had a nervous breakdown, but I was on the verge of it because of that pain and hurt and loss. I immediately said I would not let myself live in that situation. And I immediately turned to God and said, Lord, you must want me all to yourself. You must want me all to yourself. Is it painful? Yes. Do I want to be with family and others that I've been cut off from? Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. But um, it's also painful being with them because, again, like you, Maggie, it, it, we don't come together on different things. So... Um, and I was completely ostracized from family when I became a Christian to begin with. Um, in any case, dear one, um, what I would say is accept it. Don't keep mourning the loss. Don't keep uh, mourning it, especially at Christmas and Easter and other birthdays and holidays and the loss of what the, the babies you don't know and relatives you don't know. Accept it. Accept that God put a knife, in a sense, between you and them. He allowed it to happen. Um, you're a bit of an orphan at the moment. And so uh, trust that God knows what he's doing. The less human support he gives us on earth, he loves families. That's his design. He wants us to support one another. But when we are turned away... It should bring us not into depression, Maggie, although I well understand it, but a closer to God. So accept it. You've been ostracized. You've been orphaned in a way. Um, your marriage with your husband could improve, of course, but um, it, you don't have a, a bad situation there. And you, for, you, the, for you all to pray the rosary every night is fantastic. Um, so accept it and say, no, Lord. I won't be depressed. Uh, join in, add your sufferings to God's. Offer your loss, your pain, everything to our Lord. Give it to him on the cross. And ask him to use it for the families, their salvation, because they need it. Um, and you'll foil the devil. Every time something bad happens to me or makes my heart sink or is painful... I say to the devil, I said, you're so stupid. You've just given me something to offer to God for somebody's salvation. You always lose, Satan. I always say that to him. How stupid can you be? You gave me something else. You gave me a suffering, a gift to offer to God. So do that. Do that, Maggie. Offer it all to God. Don't keep rehashing the situation. What you've written sounds clear and good. Just let it go. And... Um, Offer the pain of your heart to God for the salvation of everyone in your family, including the little babies you haven't met. And um, live life with your husband as fully and completely as you can. Make him the, the desire of your heart, the happiness of your heart, and um, 
be to him the best wife in the world and to your children as well, especially the one left at home. Um, be a saint. Simply be a saint. And um, thank God that he has given you such suffering and isolation and rejection um, that you could grow in holiness like the saints. Accept it and thank him for it. In, Apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonians, in all things, in all things, give God thanks because this is his will concerning you in Christ Jesus. So trust that God has allowed it, dear Maggie, and um, just get joy where there's sadness. Joy is not the feeling of being happy. It's the knowledge of knowing internally that God is in control of all things. And if you truly believe that, and you believe you're in his will, you will have joy where there was sadness. There's the music for our uh, program today, beloved. We're going to try to find out what happened with my computer for tomorrow. Um, but God bless you. And um, live the faith with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, love one another. And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. Thank you, James Farmer, our best producer engineer in the world. God bless all of you. <laughs>